You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We'll get to those stories in a moment, but we begin with breaking news. Details just coming in about a tragedy near Golden. RCMP are confirming a 35-year-old woman and an 11-year-old girl have been killed in a snowmobiling accident. Officials say the pair was part of a guided tour today in the North Bench Trail area northwest of Golden and that they were on the same machine at the time. While the identities of the victims have not been released, RCMP do say they were not mother and daughter and they were both from Miami, Florida. The investigation is ongoing. Now to a developing story involving a missing nine-year-old boy police say was abducted by his mother. Emerson Cusworth has been found safe near Phoenix, Arizona. John was following the story for us tonight. John, what have we learned about how they found Emerson? That's right. Vancouver police say Emerson was found Tuesday afternoon near the Phoenix area. The U.S. Marshals Service and the Department of Homeland Security were able to locate the nine-year-old and his sister, who were both unharmed. Their mother, Shauna Chaudhry, was placed in custody. She is facing a charge of abduction in contravention to a custody order after Emerson's father, who has shared custody, was supposed to pick up his son after school on March 9th, only to find he wasn't there. Chaudhry has been arrested for extradition to Canada, and steps are being taken with the assistance of the Ministry of Children and Family Development here in B.C. to have Emerson and his younger sister return to Canada. Crown Council in B.C. has approved a charge against Chaudhry in relation to the alleged abduction. She'll be arrested by the Vancouver Police Department upon her return to Canada. John, what do we know about how Chaudhry managed to cross the border without tipping anyone off? Well, Vancouver police weren't able to tell us when and where Chaudhry crossed the border, but say border agencies in Canada and the U.S. are usually among the first to be notified in cases like this. Global News did contact U.S. Customs, but they say it cannot release any information about international travelers because of privacy. Sophie? John Waugh reporting for us tonight. John, thank you. The death of a child in Port Alberni has now been deemed suspicious. It happened on March 14th. RCMP responding to a call about a child in medical distress. The six-year-old was rushed to hospital but later died. Police believe that there are people who have information about the death. And they are imploring anyone who has any information to do the right thing and come forward. Abbotsford police are hoping you can help identify a man accused in a pair of sexual assaults at the campus of the University of the Fraser Valley. Police say this man has been reported twice for grabbing or brushing against the genitals of two male students who were using washrooms on campus at the time. At this time, we're unsure if this male is actually an attendee of the university or somebody that was not a guest on campus at the time. We encourage anybody who knows anything about this incident or about the person of interest in this case that the Abbotsford Police Department has identified to come forward. They can talk to UFE security or they can contact the APD directly. A decorated former Vancouver police detective has pleaded guilty to three sex offense charges, two of them involving a minor. James Fisher had been facing more than half a dozen criminal charges, including sexual assaults, breach of trust and obstruction of justice. Before his arrest in December of 2016, the 29-year veteran had been serving as a detective constable with the VPD's counter-exploitation unit. He is no longer with the force. He's due back in court June 29th for sentencing. 
Now, a warning to drivers about a scam taking place in parking lots in which the scammers fake like they've been hit by a car backing up and then pressure the driver to pay cash to settle on the spot. Jill Bennett has more on where it's happening and what you should do if you find yourself in a similar situation. The scam isn't new. In various countries, videos have been shared showing people pretending to be injured by a vehicle, even when it's clearly not the driver at fault. That video is an extreme example. And while that hasn't been reported locally, there are scammers targeting unsuspecting motorists. We suspect this is going on around Metro Vancouver. In Coquitlam alone, there have been three reported cases in recent months of people being accused of hitting pedestrians in parking lots. The scammer waits for a vehicle to start backing out of a spot in a busy mall parking lot. They then bang on the back of the car, telling the driver they've been hit. They're running into the car, they're making a sound, and then they're simulating an injury. Not a really serious injury, enough that you'd call the police or the ambulance, but enough so that they can say, well, hey, pay me a hundred bucks right now, and we'll just let this thing go away. Excuse me, I'm recording you, sir. This video posted to Reddit earlier this year shows what the driver describes as the aftermath of the same scam in Burnaby. The man walking away said to have hit the car and demanded money, but wasn't interested in waiting for help to arrive. There's no question that new Canadians are extra vulnerable here, and particularly Canadians of Asian descent may be targets. The scams are often attempted in smaller strip mall parking lots without a lot of security cameras. RCMP say if you are ever in a collision and it feels fraudulent, if the victim asks for money to avoid ICBC, the best thing to do is call 911. Jill Bennett, Global News. Now to a bizarre story involving what victims say was a sex slave cult. The leader accused of branding female followers with his own initials. He was recently arrested in Mexico, and a Vancouver actress is allegedly among the victims. Romina Dea reports. Our main emphasis, our main belief, is to have people experience more joy in their lives. He goes by the name Vanguard. Keith Ranieri, the founder of the secretive self-help group bearing the Roman numeral name Nexium, has been arrested. Ranieri taken into custody in Mexico and deported to Texas on charges of sex trafficking and forced labor. American authorities say the 57-year-old from New York branded female followers with his initials and forced them into having sex with him. Neighbors are hoping Rainieri's arrest results in an end to the group. You know, this is 20 years for us. So we'd like to see this stick and we'd like to see it brought back to the small family community that we started as. Hey, Cassie. Hi. According to reports, Vancouver actress Sarah Edmondson, a former member of Nexium, was blindfolded and branded in a private ceremony in New York last year. Edmondson is aware of Ranieri's arrest and charges. She tells Global News she can't comment right now, but she will talk after she gets the green light from her lawyer. It's unclear if the Vancouver actress could be called to testify. Ranieri remains in custody in the U.S. Ramina Dea, Global News. A petition calling for a crackdown on birth tourism is gaining steam tonight. Those behind it claim it's a growing problem on the Lower Mainland. Grace Key has more on how the practice works, why critics say it's allowing families to jump the immigration queue, and concerns about costs down the line.
These websites arrange for flights, accommodations and medical care for foreign pregnant women who want to give birth in Canada. It's called birth tourism and critics say it's a problem in Richmond. My family came here when I was a teenager and we went through the proper channels. Birth tourism thing is a very, very unfair and also very offensive. Gary Liu helped start a petition calling for the federal government to study the issue and put an end to the practice of birth tourism. Between 2016 and 2017, 384 babies were born in Richmond Hospital to non-residents. But an immigration lawyer questions what the numbers really mean. Five included Canadians who were private pay. At the same time, the number of study permit holders in B.C. has doubled since 2009 to about 120,000. The numbers have not grown in terms of, I arrived two months ago, give birth and go back home. Historically, it's about five dozen to eight dozen a year. Liberal MP Joe Pescasolito is sponsoring petition E1527 in the House of Commons. We have to say very clearly that birth tourism is wrong. You need to quantify it, and that is what this petition will do. Once we quantify it, we can then come up with ways to disrupt it. Opponents also question the future strain in our system, while others argue the passport is more of an insurance. They have no ties to the Canadian economy, okay? and at the same time, they will receive the same benefits. For example, uh, schooling, health care. People in China, the wealthy class, want safety for their capital and their family. An insurance passport's a great way to get out of Dodge with no visa required. These anchor babies would also have to return as adults and meet income and residency requirements to sponsor their parents. The petition is open until July 17. Grace Key, Global News. The Premier is defending the rollout of his government's child care plan today despite growing frustration from child care providers. Some have called the sign-up process confusing. And as the deadline looms, Jeff Hastings explains why some feel an opportunity intended to save parents money may not be worth it. I can't opt into something that I don't have clarity about. Even in a moment of blessed peace, a dozen kids napping in the next room, child care provider Susie Logan can't wrap her head around the B.C. government's child care fee relief program. We have questions that they're not able to answer. Premier John Horgan is trying to maintain the momentum of his government's move to commit a billion dollars to improving B.C. child care. If we don't provide child care, our economy suffers. The NDP are dangling an opt-in program in front of child care providers, up to $350 in fee reduction a month per child April 1st, depending on age and type of care. But while many facilities have signed up, many have not. We've extended the deadline for opting into the program to April 20th to make sure that everyone has a clear understanding, all providers have a clear understanding of the benefits. We're happy to par- partner with providers right across the province, but partners, whoa! <laughs> the perils of holding a public press event. The government's message is in dispute. Susie and another owner-operator show up, hoping for answers. There's 400 of us talking back and forth and... And all of us are lost. Lawyers are telling us not to sign. I've been hearing a lot of positive stories from parents who are sharing with us how this new fee reduction initiative is going to make a huge difference for them. Near deadline day, some facilities don't know if they've qualified or what fees they'll be able to charge. And they worry about some of the opt-in conditions, like fee increase reviews. 
but don't call it a bungled rollout. I don't apologize for providing the first uh, quality childcare program in British Columbia's history. Not at all. A billion-dollar investment is undertaken, and uh, we're going to have growing pains along the way. As for that $10-a-day daycare campaign commitment, don't expect it anytime soon. The Premier says it will be realized over time. Jeff Hastings, Global News. Well, Keith Baldry joins us now live from Victoria. Keith, the NDP campaigned pretty hard on child care. Mm-hmm. Could the delays and criticism come back to haunt them? Well, if they haven't made substantial progress four years from now, presumably that's when the next provincial election will be held. Yes, this is going to come back to haunt them. Uh, there's a lot of, they've set the, the bar for expectations quite high on their so-called affordability package, and that includes uh, getting uh, housing prices to go down. They got rid of bridge tolls. They're bringing in more transit. But a key part of this was affordable child care for, uh, on a universal basis. And uh, again, it's going to be, uh, progress is going to be slow, and they have to be careful. I've heard this from cabinet ministers. They don't want the Quebec experience where you've been there for 20 years, Long waiting lists that don't seem to go away and a chronic lack of, of spaces for kids. So they've got to get to work pretty quick on this. And we're seeing, I think, a version of uh, the speculation tax, which is sort of bungled off the, off the, from the start. Now you're seeing some problems with the, the beginnings of what hopefully is going to be an ambitious program, but it's going to take a while to get there. Chris? A lot of parents hope they resolve it quickly. All right, Keith, yeah. thank you. Right now, though, as gas prices creep higher, seemingly by the day, is it time to take another look at alternatives? More and more people are starting to consider going electric or hybrid. Global's Ted Chernecki looks at the options for those considering a change. Just think how many dollars you've poured down the drain and into your gas tank and how much greenhouse gas you've exhausted into the atmosphere. It's not surprising, then, that every vehicle manufacturer is, in some cases, turning all of their attention to electrification. I had one person say to me today, there's too many choices now in electric vehicles. Adding incentives to ditch the internal combustion engine is today's price of a litre of gasoline, $1.52.9, even though world prices of oil, once at around $150 a barrel, are today, and have been for several years now, half that. Every time the gasoline price spikes, people say, you know, I just spent X number of dollars to fill my tank and it's a lot more money than it was before. Maybe we should look at one of these off other fueled cars. But they aren't. Fossil fuel vehicle sales in Canada still account for the vast majority of new car sales. Despite all the hype, the endless announcement of rebates, the fact is electric and hybrid vehicles in Canada account for a mere 1%. Sure, sales have doubled in two years, but doubling of a number next to nothing is still next to nothing. It's an education piece. It's a range anxiety piece. It's people still are not sure exactly what they're getting themselves into when it comes to what an electric vehicle is. To address that range anxiety, the province recently announced a rebate of up to $750 to install an electric charging station. The infrastructure that's already in place is not enough because there's lineups, there's, you know, you get to a station or a number of stations and they're all full. So we're kind of at a stage where we're going into the next phase of um, growth. Still, the tide is changing. The Economist magazine is saying electric cars will come of age in 2018, especially if the fossil fuel industry keeps jacking up prices and driving away customers. Ted Chernacki, Global News. Some good news if you're heading to Spanish banks this summer. The park board has decided not to implement seasonal pay parking this year, saying the revenue is not needed to balance its budget. Instead, it will review operational and financial considerations for next year and consider submissions from residents concerned about access and affordability to beaches. 
One of the B.C. men accused of beating a man with autism in Ontario has been released on bail. 21-year-old Parmvir Chahil hid his face and said nothing today as he left court. He and two other men are accused of beating a man with autism back on March 13th. One suspect remains behind bars and a third is still at large. Chahil was released on $25,000 bail and has to remain in Ontario and live with his grandparents and father. We've been hearing a lot lately about the effect pollution, especially plastics, is having on our oceans. But as Linda Aylesworth reports, a new study from the University of Victoria has found that the noise we make is also doing damage. The ocean can be a noisy place, even in remote locations under the ice. But these are all natural sounds. Not the kind that University of Victoria PhD student Kieran Cox is interested in. He studies the underwater noises we humans create and the effect they have on fish. Some of the noises that we're introducing are causing species to respond potentially in inappropriate ways. It seems there's no escaping the many forms of noise pollution we throw at them. They put a hydrophone at the bottom of Mariana's Trench, the deepest place in the ocean, and you can hear... Uh, large vessels going over. By collecting data from around the world, Cox has determined that human-caused or anthropogenic noise pollution negatively affects fish in a number of ways. For one, it scares them. Behaviorally, we're seeing that fishes don't school as well. They have rad or radical movements, what you would call a startle response. And that causes them to needlessly burn up valuable energy. Then there's how noise can mess up their ability to reproduce. Take the midshipman fish, for example, which hums to attract a mate. So the male saying, you know, this is who I am. I have a great habitat, you know, things like this. He's less likely to be heard by the female. Anthropogenic noise can also negatively affect a fish's ability to forage for food and avoid becoming food themselves. What Cox would like to see is noise become a bigger part of the conversation where conservation is concerned. Sound has always been a big part of the marine environment and it will continue to be a big part of the marine environment and we need to understand our role in that. And to Aylesworth, Global News. Calgary police officer who was shot yesterday is recovering. Constable Jordan Forget was shot twice while approaching a carjacking suspect in a garage. That garage later burst into flames and the suspect was found dead inside. Suspect's name has not been released. Forget's wounds were serious, but thankfully he's now in stable condition in hospital. In a surprise move, the man accused of a shooting rampage at a Quebec mosque last year has pleaded guilty. Alexander Bissonnette is now pleading guilty to six counts of first-degree murder and six counts of attempted murder. He initially entered a not-guilty plea on Monday, but says he changed his mind to avoid a trial and further grief for everyone involved. He faces up to 150 years in prison. Chilling new details tonight on that 2016 terror attack on Florida's Pulse nightclub that killed 49 people. Prosecutors at the trial of shooter Omar Mateen's wife say he originally wanted to target Disney World. In this surveillance video, prosecutors say Omar Mateen was about to attack Disney World's shopping and entertainment complex when a police presence scared him off. Oh my God, people are getting shot. 
and he instead chose the Pulse nightclub as his new target, where he would kill 49 people in 2016. Mateen, who pledged allegiance to ISIS, had visited the theme park with his wife in the days before the rampage, prosecutors say, and planned to hide a gun in this baby stroller. A jury is now deciding whether Noor Salman knew about her husband's plot beforehand. Prosecutors claim Salman admitted that Mateen talked to her about jihad, and that when she spoke with the FBI shortly after the attack, she wrote this note, I am sorry for what happened. I wish I'd go back and tell his family and the police what he was going to do. But the defense argues her confession was coerced, and she signed it because she was tired and feared losing her young son. Noor Salman did not know anything was going to happen. She never anticipated he was going to do anything. Her lawyers point to text messages after the gunfire began as evidence. Mateen kept her in the dark. You know you work tomorrow, Salman texts him. He responds, you know what happened? She writes back, what happened? Then he sends his final text, I love you, babe. If convicted of helping her husband carry out the massacre, she faces life in prison. Gabe Gutierrez, NBC News. With the controversy swirling around Facebook these days, the security of our private information has become a prime concern. But as it turns out, when you download apps onto your phone, you can also be handing over huge amounts of personal data. From games to streaming services, even coffee, we're downloading apps, granting them permission to snoop on us without even realizing it. But what personal information are they really collecting? Well, I downloaded the Netflix app because I love Netflix. But here inside the privacy statement is this. This is the information we provide to them. Name, email address, address, payment method, telephone number. Now, here's the information they collect automatically. This is according to Netflix. Information regarding your computer or other device used to access our service. The time and reason you contact them. Transcripts of any chat conversations. Your IP address, which gives them locations. Next up, my producer Olivia downloading the popular gaming app Candy Crush. We have to go through 34 pages of consumer terms to find out what they're collecting about us. That's 34. From what you. are they getting? So they are getting your type of device you're using, how you play the game, other games and apps on your phone. So not just Candy Crush, now they know the other games and yes. apps. Okay. And then if I keep going and I'm using it through Facebook or something like that, they then know the attributes about myself, my interests. But this next app surprised us the most, Starbucks. My producer Jamie downloading it. According to their terms, they access information directly from your device, such as information in your contacts. Inside your phone, yes. your contacts They list. can get my contacts list. Okay. The other thing is web pages that I'm looking at, my GPS information. And that's not all. If you send a Starbucks gift card to a friend, it can collect info about your friend, too. Starbucks telling NBC News they regularly evaluate all policies and strive to be transparent. Experts say the best advice? Go into your settings for all your apps and manually limit the info they can collect. Jeff Rawson, NBC News, New York. It was the thrill of a lifetime for a 12-year-old boy in Vatican City today. Peter Lombardi has Down syndrome and is a cancer survivor. Thanks to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, he not only got the chance to meet Pope Francis, but he got a kiss and a ride around St. Peter's Square in the Pope-mobile. Peter and his family missed their chance to, uh, to meet the pontiff in the U.S. back in 2015 because Peter was having chemotherapy. 
In health matters tonight, it seems hard to believe, but American researchers say they've discovered a new human organ. The New York scientists are calling it the interstitium and say it's everywhere in our bodies. It's fluid and tissue that lines our digestive tracts, lungs, and urinary systems. It surrounds our arteries and veins and supports the tissue between our muscles. They say, among other things, it acts as a kind of shock absorber between other organs. Well, Alberta mother Sarah Small is back on the ice playing hockey eight weeks after giving birth. But that's not why she's making headlines across the country. It's what she did during one game that's made her a social media hero. Just a mom breastfeeding her baby in a packed locker room ahead of a hockey tournament. I wanted to feed her as late as possible, hoping that she would make it throughout the entire game. 24-year-old Sarah Small is a first-time mom to Ellie, the Grand Prairie Alberta teacher who's a longtime hockey player with a lifelong love of Toronto's Maple Leafs, was back on the ice post-pregnancy, but hit a snag with her feeding plans. When we got to the tournament, I had realized I forgot my breast pump's charging cord, so I couldn't charge my pump in order to pump for my mom, who was watching Ellie in the stands. So she did what she needed to do. Her mom captured the moment on camera. Sarah shared the photos online with a heartfelt post, hoping to inspire other new mothers. I felt my milk come in and leak as I played, and between periods I would strip down to feed my eight-week-old babe. A simple concept garnering a ton of support online. Just take a look at these Twitter high fives. This is so beautiful. Move over, Mountie riding a moose. Sarah Small is taking the title for most Canadian. Also, I think it's time to redefine hockey mom. Sarah Small's lactation consultant says many of her clients are worried about upsetting social norms. But it's moms like Sarah breastfeeding in public that are helping to change attitudes. Breastfeeding is normal and beautiful and not something that should be done behind closed doors or to be ashamed of or to feel like you need to cover up but if that works for you then that's awesome hockey mom sarah small making a big impact karen lieberman global news you're watching global news hour at six a texas woman is alerted by her security system to someone at the front door but boy did she get a big surprise when she answered it that's right up after weather not the kind of surprise she wanted, no. I don't think. All right, uh, Yvonne Shell in for Christy tonight with a look at our forecast. And it was another nice day out there. Yes, very pleasant. Some breaks from all the rain that we saw over the past few days. But we do have another weather maker, and I'll have the timing and what we're anticipating, especially looking ahead towards our Easter weekend. Right now, though, overlooking the North Shore Mountains, just a few clouds, dry conditions, mainly cloudy out of the airport with temperatures sitting at 9 in a southwesterly wind at 11 kilometers per hour. Our high today was closer to 10 degrees, so right where we should be with the average at 11 and a record on the Almanac. 18 degrees was set back in 1947. Current temperature 6 for Whistler, 10 for Lytton. Areas near Victoria sitting at 9 degrees. Port Alberni and Inland currently sitting at 10. A few other spots across the province with trail into the double digits at 10. Cranbrook, good evening to you with your current temperature at 6. Prince George at 4 and for areas near the Peace just below the freezing mark at minus 1. Satellite and radar, we are seeing a bit of moisture isolated across the island. It is going to pick up, especially as we get in towards the morning hours. And there's the next system that's going to bring in the moisture. 
All areas across the coast will be falling as rain, but it's inland and higher elevations that we are looking at the return for some snow. Across the south coast of Metro Vancouver, it's for the morning hours that we'll see that rain developing inland sections and by the evening hours, especially across the central interior, anywhere between 5 and up to 10 centimetres of snowfall. And then it'll clear out once again with dry conditions by the afternoon on our Friday. Coastal sections as rain, 2 and up to 5 centimetres inland tomorrow, especially for areas near Terrace and inching towards Smithers. The Peace will see some flurry activity, much of the central interior. It'll be by the evening that most of that moisture picks up and we are looking at 5 and up to 10 centimetres of snowfall. Interior sections tomorrow will see a bit of a break. The moisture pushes in late for you. Most areas near Whistler could even see a few wet flurries for the morning hours, changing over to showers and areas near Hope will see periods of rain throughout the day with temperatures up to 8 degrees. Across the south coast for Victoria will be climbing up to 11 once again, we are looking at that rain developing for the morning hours and continuing throughout the day. It'll be on our Friday, especially as we get late into the day, that we'll start to see a bit of a break. Saturday so far for a long weekend, we'll have some sunny breaks. But on Sunday and Monday, if you're planning your Easter egg hunt, so far we're looking at on and off showers, but temperatures mild into the double digits with highs of 10 and 12 degrees. All right, tonight's weather window, fantastic shot that was taken from Lindsay yesterday at the Port Moody Inlet. Guys? Wow. Thank you, Yvonne. Mm -hmm. Allison Keller in the Texas community of Spring got an alert about someone at her front door. Turned out it was not someone, but something. Check out the left-hand side of your screen. When she checked her doorbell camera, she saw a determined snake slithering up her door. It would fall off and then climb right back up again. Experts say it looks like a rat snake. Oh, that's lovely. One of dozens of species common in Texas, and thankfully, not venomous. It is wrapped around the doorbell. No, the door handle. And slithering across the door. Why, Snake? Why? <laughs> it really wants to come in. Why is that happening? All right, Canadian rocker Matthew Good is recovering after collapsing during a show in Edmonton last night. Applauding as Good is carried off the stage by bandmates and crew just moments after collapsing. The 46-year-old was taken to hospital as a precaution. Rain Maida of Our Lady Peace, who's touring with Good, told the crowd that Good has been battling pneumonia. Through Good's Twitter account, the band says he wanted to go on with the show but couldn't carry on with the performance. Tonight's Prince George concert has been postponed. Too bad. I hope he uh, recovers completely very soon. Disappointment for sure. But he plays hurt, and you got that's very Canadian of him. That's yeah. very hockey of him. He comes it's out like and he plays when, hurt. When was the last time you took a sick day? I can't remember. You didn't remember we were. He, oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Voice. I yeah. Did you hear when he lost his voice? No, actually, oh, I wasn't. Probably a good thing voice. because I infected pretty much half the building. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> was, was sick okay. all at once. Patient one. Yeah, I should have had one of the masks on. <laughs> I don't. It's hard to hear you that way on air. I always wonder when I see people walking with the mask. Are you protecting you from me or me from you? I can never quite figure it out. Global and the Vancouver International Auto Show are giving you the chance to win a Chevrolet Bolt EV. Today's code word is exotic. Enter now. Two kinds of people in this world, those who think tanking is okay and those who do not. Well, the gotta players, win, baby. The players you gotta don't, try to win. The players don't care. I mean, probably upper management would like to have a better chance at winning the lottery, but, you know, Travis Green can't go in and say, 
Hey guys, this Rasmus Dolan guy from Sweden, we really got to get our hands on him. So uh, why don't you just take the night off and let the other team score? Doesn't work that way. Oh, wait, well, get Have ready. Not, uh, did they not win it, go through this last year too? Yeah, kind of. Okay. And it's only an 18% chance of winning the top pick even if you are the worst. 18 and a half. 18 and don't a half. Don't forget the half. The half. Oh, sorry, we'll show you all the percentages in a moment. Oh, and get ready. Yeah, I need I'm your ready. help. Okay, I know. Oh yeah, okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, Canucks Nation has a message for the Canucks. I'm sorry, what are you doing? What's all this winning late in the season stuff? This is what you needed in December, not now. After losing seven straight, Vancouver's won three of its last four with an injury-depleted lineup. No Brock Besser, for one. Now, as we just said, you can't go in the dressing room and tell the players to lose on purpose. Obviously, you can't do that. But with the draft lottery coming up on April 28th, the Canucks are right now living in opposite world, where wins are losses and losses are wins. I wanted to show you this bizarre goal last night from Brandon Sutter, who was being chased on the play by Ryan Kessler. He had two last night and an assist. Are you ready? This goal by Brandon Sutter. Sorry, I was, I was watching it. I wanted to see the goal. Well, there, there I just showed it to you. Oh, we got Come on, you can watch and clap at the same time. It's like walking and chewing gum. As we said, the NHL has announced a draft lottery. Can you imagine if he scored as much as Brock Besser? Our hands would be sore. Uh, the draft lottery, as we said, takes place April 28th in Toronto. Um, I wonder if the Canucks are going to think of sending someone else other than Trevor Linden. No offense, but Trevor Linden has been a bit of a cooler for the Canucks in the lottery. No luck the last two years. Uh, with this winning surge, Vancouver has moved up in the standings. And when you move up, your uh, percentage chance of winning the lottery moves down. This is the way it is right now. Uh, so the Sabres have the best chance. And as you said, Chris, it's only an 18.5 percentage chance to win. Last year... The uh, Devils won the lottery, and I think their chances were only 8.5% going in. So don't fret, Canucks fans, even though you're at 9.5% right now. You could still pull it off. Former Canuck Roberto Luongo. Want to see a great save by Roberto Luongo? Watch this off Tyler Bozak. Drops his stick and just uses the blocker like a glove. Well, I mean, it is a glove, but like a catching glove. Now it's a 1-0 uh, Leafs. Look at this goal. Nylander, Austin Matthews, oh, no. just came back from injury, don't hurt him. 2-0 in the first period, then Mitch Marner making moves, and the old guy Patrick Marlowe knocks it in. Leafs are leading Roberto Luongo and the Panthers 3-2 in the third. We keep talking about drafts. The 2019 NHL draft will be at Rogers Arena, and early indications are Vancouver Giants defenseman Bowen Byram could be a top three pick. Right now, he's considered the best prospect when it comes to defensemen. Now, things can always change between now and next year, but if he stays healthy, if he keeps on improving, he will be a high pick. And last night, he helped his draft stock with a goal as the Giants took a 2-1 series league against Victoria in the Western Hockey League playoffs. First ever playoff game at the Langley Event Center. Here's Byram streaking in. Nice. Game four is tomorrow, 7 o'clock in Langley. Giants lead the series two games to one. Okay, nobody was happy. The Vancouver Whitecaps could only get a scoreless draw at home on Saturday against the L.A. Galaxy. Except, of course, the L.A. Galaxy. They were rather happy. You've got to win your home games in MLS, and the Galaxy were missing a lot of their best players. So, double disappointment for Vancouver. This weekend, 
Vancouver Whitecaps in Columbus. Actually, it's Saturday. Number one team in the league so far this year, Columbus. Now, the Caps aren't off to a bad start either, despite that scoreless draw. But as Carl Robinson has said before, all the offseason changes will not gel right away. It's kind of like lasagna. You make it, then you need a bit of time for it to fully come together. It's not going to happen in five or six games. It'll take 10, 12, 14 games for the boys to find a rhythm and us to find the best combinations, you know, whether we play a two and a one, a one and a two, whether we play three at the back or, you know, certain things like that. But it takes time on the training field. It takes time in games. You know, there's players that are still desperate for their chance. It haven't been involved in the first four games of the season that will get an opportunity to play. So... Uh, after 10, 12, 14 games, then you know we'll, we'll try and narrow down a lineup that I think can take us through the mid-season as well. Olympic Stadium last night. Kevin Pillar needs food here. Here's my payment: one bat for I don't know what that was—a hot dog, your pizza, or something. Fries, fries. But look at that. Can't you can get fries anytime, but you can't get a major league bat all the time. Does he feel, it seemed like he was getting his first experience with pine tar. There. <laughs> uh, what is on this bat? All right, thanks, Squire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of gives it away. Happy times for car lovers uh, in Vancouver with the Vancouver Auto Show going on. Yes. And some new technology you discovered. Well, they drove it over here uh, right into our parking lot. And they said, look, we've got to see what we got going on. Hand gestures to do things within the uh, cab of the car. Uh, ways in case... We've all had this happen. You go to the mall and some you-know-what parks way too close to you. Like this? Like this. Although I don't <laughs> mind. You're, you're okay. Yeah. But, but anyway, how do you get out of these things? Come on, let's find out. You probably wouldn't know by looking, but this BMW Gran Turismo is the latest step into removing those driving and parking annoyances that can turn even the most mild-mannered person into a rage monster such as when the person in the next parking stall is way too close. The solution lies in your remote key. What this is going to allow me to do is basically stand beside and using the remote key, our BMW remote key, I'm going to be able to back this vehicle up. And it's going to come out straight. And it's going to come out straight. Now, do you control it when to stop and things like that? So it uses the park distance control sensors. Right. But so I can also. If some guy coming behind you right now, it would stop itself? It would stop, but I can also do the emergency and take my finger, finger off. Finger off. Some cars are mimicking smartphones these days with touch screens, but now there is gesture control where you never have to even touch a screen. Right. So if I happen to like this song. Yes. And I asked you, can you turn up the song? This is what I'd be doing right now. Oh. And then if you want to turn it down, you can do it that way. And in these early days of self-driving cars and semi-self-driving cars, there is this. Take your hands off the wheel, and the car stays within its lane. Now, can you just go like this for a while? Um, so again, it's up to it's up to about 50 seconds. Okay. It depends on the conditions, your speed. Um, so right now, it's giving me the warning. Okay. And so from there, I'll so now I want you to take over again. Exactly. Okay. And just say I want to. And those were just a few of the modern motoring conveniences you'll find at this year's auto show, where you can either buy a car that acts like a smartphone, or just use your smartphone to take a picture of one. 
I know what you're doing this weekend. I'll be down there for sure. Uh, speaking of taking pictures, uh, Maria Isbister, who has been our teleprompter operator for as long as I've been here, and, and yeah. much and me too, longer before that. Yeah. All, it, for he's years, been here for 39 years. Not all of them prompting. I wouldn't. I no, wouldn't think, but he, he's done wrong. every job in broadcasting. He's the smartest guy in the room, and is brilliant and wow. funny and a professional. And he has way less hair than that now. And he rocks a red jacket. That red jacket's good looking. There he Mega is on the Wayne. Lab. Oh, and a Wayne Cox. He's Wayne's too. buddy too. Well, that, that's how we know he's going to be fine in retirement. Tonight is his last night, and he's been coached by the great Wayne Cox in how to enjoy retirement <laughs> in a recent trip to uh, Arizona there. Murray, we love you, man. You have been an amazing, uh, trustworthy guiding force for us in this business for a long time, and yeah. thank you.